0: So many memories have come flooding back. I put
1: this on on repeat, just crying my eyes out. It made
0: me feel so bloody alive. This
1: song really nails the feeling of nostalgia for a place. And we all just stop talking and just stare at the radio. Like,
2: what is that? It's part of the noble genre of songs by women about masturbation. I love it. I love I that love song it. so much. Out of the Box. Meet people through their music on FBI. You've tuned in to FBI Radio 94.5 FM, broadcasting from Gadigal Land. This is Out of the Box, with me, Deborah Marcus, covering for the wonderful Mia Hull. For those tuning in for the first time, Out of the Box is a specialist interview show where we explore the lives and stories of artists through a track list curated by none other than them, I'm super excited today to be joined by Steph King and Greg Klenner from local Eora Sydney Band Display Homes. body of work encompasses a hypnotic blend of recursive memories, anger and love, expressed with an unmistakable post-punk poetic force, propulsive melodies and pop rock rhythms. Today, you can hear the upbeat, grinding echoes of Pylon, Spread Joy, and Lithics in their catchy, raw tonality and candid lyrics. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thanks Thanks, Deb. So you released your latest and final album, What If You're Right and They're Wrong, in May this year. And to get straight to the point, it's a bloody cracker. (laughs) I love the consistent tension between the urgency and rumination that underscores the album. And there's something deeply narrative to the approach of the whole work to me, but more specifically a non-linear and poetic narrative. And I guess by that, I mean a lot of the ideas loop back and forth between one another and cross between songs in a way that's quite abstract, but it's very symbolic and it sticks with you long after the song has finished. So what I wanted to know was, were there particular events or moments that tied the contents of the album together for you during its composition or helped you choose how to order the tracks?
1: I think we, um, I I remember we just kind of sat down at, um our apartment um the three of us and we were just kind of like I, I was like it was it was kind of a weird process because I was always I always wondered like how do bands actually choose the order of their songs and so it was just like looking at a list of them and just going that one seems right <laughs> yeah first yeah and then does it kind of what going into the, that yeah. one is the next one and then that just followed and yeah I remember Daryl just saying there goes yep yep that one works yep yep like just didn't really yeah
0: do I don't that. think it took that long I mean I think we were just like we maybe sometimes listen to the end of one and be like yeah see how it flows into our next option or yeah
2: I guess that really playful almost non-serious but still it's got an aspect of seriousness too like I think that paradoxical tension or like the balance between that paradoxical tension is something that I really love in in the work um and all of your work but in particular I think that playfulness is something that really comes through and maybe ties into just the spirit of like the band all together and the way that the composition was approached at all dimensions not just putting the album together yeah yeah yeah, I think mm. that's, yeah. Sure. So I think that really fun spirit is something that we definitely will obviously you so much more than me have seen in Daryl and did see in Daryl. So for those who aren't aware, there's actually someone really special missing here today and display homes originally formed in 2016 with three members. Steph and Greg are here, who have joined us today, but also Daryl Beveridge. And Daryl was known throughout the Australian community as so many things, a natural comedian, a best friend, a musician, a brother, an absurd dancer. Those are just to name a few. And he tragically passed away last year on the 15th of June. And since then, the journey of display homes has also come to an end. Steph or Greg, would one of you mind please shedding some light on what happened to Daryl?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Daryl, yeah, so Daryl died just over a year ago now um, of a sudden heart attack. Um, unbeknownst to us, he had quite a serious heart condition. Um, we knew that he had had heart surgery as a as a child, but we didn't know that he had um, an underlying condition. Um, and we're not sure if he even knew. Um, but it was very very sudden very shocking um and uh yeah completely uh yeah completely turned our lives upside down yeah
2: yeah I'm really sorry to hear that I think that death is something that really throws a spanner in the works in the worst way and it can make us reevaluate everything and have to sort of piece the bits back together in the best way that we can yeah but I think the the album is such a a beautiful celebration and, and memory of all those times and I think something I'd, I'd really love to know is how did Darrell get the nickname Bobby actually?
0: <laughs> um, he we were actually talking about this after he died but we was we think it came from Bobby Dazzler. no so he used to, his nickname was Daz and then that kind of led to Bobby Dazzler, and then it just led to Bobby mm, and then Dazlaw yeah and then it just really stuck and it was such a it's just so weird to like really feel like the first name I would call him is like Bob or Bobby when (laughs) I just like wasn't like that before at all and I was just like laughing about how someone like a 35 year old could get a nickname like it just was
1: (laughs) yeah and then like having nicknames coming off like Bob being his name like yeah. Bobby Bobstar like Bobarello <laughs> Bob Bobcat Bobcat Bob Cat, like it's quite bizarre how it just yeah. kind of just became his name at least like to us and a few other people um yeah
2: I think the nickname is so ripe for different rhymes and I think even the word bob, you know, it's got such a playful aspect to it. Perhaps that's why it, it, it fits so I well. Think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Def-
0: definitely. <laughs> yeah, he was always like bopping at least. <laughs> yeah.
2: So speaking of bops, we've got a, a bop that you've chosen to play first. What track are we going to be hearing?
0: Um, so the first track is by Jeremiah. It's called Don't Tell Him. And this one is just one that really reminds us of when we lived in a share house with Daryl in Marrickville and um, we'd go to a band practice and come home and he'd always say, like, lanyards off, (laughs) Um, guitars down and he'd put on, like, just songs like this and just dance and Greg and I would just laugh and... (laughs) Sometimes I feel like Greg would get up and dance too, but I would just probably sit there and laugh at them both. (laughs) Um. I think there was um, a um, video I got at the cricketers once when that's... do Do you remember that video? And it was like there were four women, like, I think there after work on a Friday like dan- he didn't know them mm. and they were all dancing and he just got up and started dancing with these <laughs> strangers yeah. and he was just fully good, get- and they were very welcoming of him but um yeah. it was just so funny It was just him
1: I think I bet yeah I bet he's not
0: bet. wearing a shirt
1: <laughs> I think
2: maybe I feel like that song definitely demands some like communal gathering spirit yeah. within it
0: Well I think it was also just that like he no matter mm-hmm. what this like he wouldn't he would just get up like in that mm-hmm. situation it was like women dancing that he didn't know and he mm-hmm. was just like oh, I like I love this song, I'm getting I'm one up of
2: them now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're family now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah
0: this one's uh, the Rhythm on a dancer I need a companion girl. I summer fucking like no other don't you tell them what we do
2: Tuned in to FBI Radio 94.5, and you are listening to Out of the Box with me, Deb Marcus. Here, broadcasting from Gadigal Land, and today I am with Steph King and Greg Klenner from Display Homes. Both of your careers have actually been really diverse and non-linear in terms of study and jobs. Steph with doing graphic design and architecture and Greg with working at DCJ and Music New South Wales, just to name a couple. But what I'd love to know is what other artistic pursuits have you been involved in or uh, work or otherwise just, you know, throughout, throughout time? Um, I guess like
0: main thing for me would be like doing a, a lot of um band stuff. Uh, the kind of posters and album art stuff uh, for display homes. Um, also doing stuff for Nag 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 recently with Greg. Made a really fun um, honour board for the last Nag Nag Nag, which was yeah. very good. I, I Like just like, yeah, finding opportunities to make fun stuff and
2: yeah. So Nag 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 is the music festival that you're running together at the moment. Yeah. Yes. So what kind of stuff is like involved in the festival?
1: Um, Just bands, really, just mainly like live bands um, from uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, like different states across Australia, as well as a lot of um, Sydney, Gadigal-based bands, Um, and it's... Yeah, it's it's this thing that's been I suppose I've been I've been running for the last I think it was eight the eighth year this one. Yeah. Eight eight number eight. Um and yeah. Um
0: I kind of um have been helping more in the last say four years and I feel like every year Greg yeah. says that he doesn't want to do it anymore and I'm like <laughs> Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to 10 now. Yeah. <laughs> we have to make it to 10 years. But, I mean, also yeah. it's just like then it rolls around and you're like, all right, let's do it again. It's just like I'm like uh, it's good for me to use that time to be able to do like yeah fun, like, you know, posters or projects and also just be there to support Greg and be like,
1: no, no. We can I'm, do this. You do a lot more than that. Like, <laughs>
0: no, um, I know. But I mean, like, yeah. You've
1: really brought the, f- you've brought the festival to life with, like, all of the incredible design concepts that you've done, um, you know. So, Thanks, yeah.
2: That's, that's just, <laughs> I saw you yeah. do really cool comics as well. Like, I love comics. I grew up reading them all the time. Yeah, so got... I guess
0: that's kind of how I started getting into um, graphic design as I was just drawing quite a bit. And it's one of those things where I feel like it's an entryway into – Maybe doing more graphic design, but I used to draw so much, and I don't do it as more as much as I would like to. Or I, like I even was doing a little bit of painting and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like I guess once it, it, it like is the starting point, but then if you don't really make an effort to you know keep it up, it's hard to yeah. So it's something that
2: I really should make more time for. Do you see? I guess the different artistic pursuits, or so even just drawing and music, is related to one another or do you enjoy them for very different reasons? No, I definitely think it's
0: related. I think it's one of those things where, like, you um, try and sit down and and make something or write something and, um, yeah, it's about finding that kind of, like, special uh, moment where you figure something out, um, whether it's, like, yeah, writing lyrics or... Coming up with an idea for a drawing or something like that, and it's like you kind of got to like hone in in that kind of time period that you assign to complete like a task that you want to do or a project or something. And yeah, it's like kind of tapping into the same um, sort of feeling that and kind of inspiration that you need to complete it.
2: I get what you mean. Like yeah. I, I see the creative process as this kind of encompassing thing, and to me in some ways it makes sense that you're both so multi-talented because if you have this kind of firm grasp on the creative process then you do have this ability to channel it in different directions and that's something that I think can be so liberating for the creative spirit. But yeah, that's mm. really cool. I I loved the comics that I saw online with the Yeah, the we little...
0: actually did um included a comic in the first EP.
1: Yeah. Which is funny insert.
0: because, like, when – when I think it was, like, Daryl or you suggested that and you guys loved it and I was just like, what? Why do you want to put that in there? <laughs> and they were like, no, we have to. And I was like, all right, if you want to. Because I had drawn that actually, like, way before we released that first EP. So it wasn't, like, like particularly for it. Um, but I was like, okay, sure.
2: <laughs> Sometimes I think senses of humour are, like, best – Received from an outside perspective, I also, you know, the things that I find funny, someone else will like not find funny, vice versa. And I'm like, what do you mean? That was hilarious. they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So what I would also love to know is how did you all meet and how did the band form? Uh,
1: We met, uh, I was living with Daryl at the time um, and Steph's brother, Matt, um, and uh, Daryl had been asking me for a while to start a band. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> why I'd kind of hesitated for so long. but um, <laughs> um, And then um, I think, like, I'd sort of... We'd, we'd spoken about it. I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds... Like, th- let's do it. I'm keen. Like, I think I'd just... St- the band that I'd played in before Display Homes had just stopped playing or finished or disbanded or whatever. And, um, and then... We were at the pub um, playing pool, and Matt, Steph's brother, was there, and Steph was as well. And Steph and I think Daryl knew that Steph played the drums. No, well,
0: I had just moved to Sydney from overseas. I was living overseas for a bit, and I was, I had. Stopped playing drums in high school and then I took it back up when I was overseas because I was like, all right, I want to learn drums again. And so I'd just been practising, like, songs and stuff and I made it, like, a goal of when I came back to Sydney I wanted to be in a band because I'd never been in a band before. And so I knew Daryl. I had met Daryl before, like, when I had come to visit Sydney while I was in Germany. Um, So I'd met him a couple of times, but, like, so I knew him. But um, And then so that night we were at the pub um, we were all there and I said to Daryl, um, Hey Daryl, um, I want to be in a band. How can I be in a band? And he was like, Hey, we're looking for somebody to be in a band with. What do you play? <laughs> and <laughs> he didn't I was know like, yeah, he didn't know. <laughs> I mean, and I was like the drums, he's like, we're looking for a drummer. And I was like, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, he's, and then you and <laughs> were
0: like, he was like, Craig, we've, 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 we've got a drummer. <laughs>
1: We've got a band, and we're called Display Homes. Like the the name Display Homes was like came so long before any any musical note. Did he tell you it
0: was Display Homes like before as well? Like before that night, or did you only find out about the name that night? I
1: can't really remember, but I knew that he had been sitting on it for a while. Yeah, that's probably why he wanted to start the band because he had this name for a band.
0: Yeah. (laughs) and he was just looking for for a drummer and he just needed somebody to fill the spot so the band could be the name
2: (laughs) well it's very serendipitous i love you know when things come together so casually and seamlessly it's like you know it seems like it was meant to happen right Mm. yeah yeah Yeah,
1: totally and the fact that he had a name already was like i was like great that that's half the like trying to figure out a band name is just can be so painstaking And the fact that he had one already, it was like, great, all right, sweet, sounds good. But also
0: just thinking about as well, like, after the first practice, I'm pretty sure, I don't even know why we booked another practice, but it was so bad that we were like, I thought it was not even going to be a band.
1: It was so bad. (laughs) My God. We
0: we tried to cover
1: dancing in the moonlight by thin living
0: <laughs> oh <that's laughs> and a track. i mean
1: yeah like a track s- that you shouldn't cover <laughs> um, or that we shouldn't like, you were singing right shouldn't. yeah funny. it's pretty amazing how we like yeah we we decided to still keep going after that session given yeah how, like yeah like <laughs> it's just it was funny
2: so considering the early days of the band what track are we going to be playing next
1: the next song we're going to play is Grinding Halt" by The Cure. So uh, this was a, a live cover early on in the Display Homes days, um, back when we didn't have enough songs to make a set. Um, so we often relied on it as the sixth song in our set for maybe like the first two years of us being a band, um, which I think, yeah, brought the entire set to maybe just over 15 minutes, which was like cool. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like covering it that many times probably did have some sort of an influence on, um, how we wrote some of, uh, the songs after that, um, and, and shaping a lot of the, yeah, the songwriting, um, it's sort of like, like the drumming and guitars on Nitty Picky and, you know, the bass on Afruchin and At Capacity, um, and I guess, like, Daryl always loved covering this song because, um, the guitar line was so easy to play so he was just like oh, i can i can relax in this one so yeah that's um that's why we love this song
2: Listening to FBI Radio 94.5, that song right there was Grinding Halt by The Cure, picked by our wonderful guests on today's show, Steph King and Greg Klenner from local Eora, Sydney band Display Homes. So I love the looping lyrical structure in uh, Grinding Halt that we just listened to. So, similarly, the lyrics across all of your songs are particularly affecting and powerful, and I hear a lot of poetry in your words or more specifically I guess there's a residue that's left behind by the words that really rings true in the heart as opposed to logically ringing true in the mind. So Steph it's you who writes the lyrics for the band right? Yeah. Okay so would you be able to shed a bit more light or insight into the way that you compose lyrics?
0: Um. So I guess it's it's funny because like I guess I've never really considered it poetry, (laughs) Um, but like it does when when I do start with maybe an idea, which is often just like um, my surroundings and getting kind of like a starting point from maybe something that I see um, and then working off it that way, which then I guess does become a bit more... um, finding meaning in maybe what I add to it as opposed to it just being something like very um, obvious that I've seen Um, I guess like with CCTV for example like that came out of um, playing a game with uh, number plates um, and like making a word uh, like by adding one letter to the three letters so like APX is missing an E. So if I saw like APX, it'd be like, it's. Just, I guess it was just like a game mm. that I would always play, and started it, started the, like writing the song that way. But then I guess just adding more lyrics to that kind of took on a different meaning, as like opposed to it
2: just being from the game. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I guess poetry is essentially like a word game, yeah. which is why I find yeah that strategy makes a lot of sense to me with like finding melody or you know, some underside or different facet to words and the way that they're strung together. Yeah, yeah. Um, In particular, I really love the lyrics on Proofread and, and Background Check. The one phrase or the lyrics in Proofread, the underlying space between the shapes, it runs around through the lines at an unknown pace, remains in the mind because it isn't kind, remains in the mind because it doesn't align. There's just something that rings so poetically in that. Like there, there is like, and yeah, it might be the rhyme, really you know, but yeah, I love them, you know, and I find that it almost rings in my mind because it doesn't align. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's it stuck in my head. And that's something that I think is, you know, obviously a sign of, of great music, but also great poetry.
1: I feel like your lyrics um, would often go hand in hand with your drum beat, So often you would start, because we write songs collaboratively mm. and quite a few of the songs you would start with like a lyrical structure around yeah. a drum beat, or yeah, vice versa. Yeah, that's true actually, yeah. So.
0: I think that's, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess like with uh, Proofread, that was one actually that was always quite hard to play because the lyrics were different to the trumpet beat so because it, it was like cause it doesn't align <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but I always had to really make sure I was concentrating while mm-hmm. playing that one um because yeah it was two different
2: structures I guess something else that I wanted to ask was how did learning another language affect your songwriting um
0: well I, I guess yeah just learning um learning a bit of German it was always um interesting to when you have those kind of like direct translations, um, and how that would translate. And so just made you think about words like a little bit differently, I guess. Um and how other words might be applied in this like in a context that you wouldn't really know unless maybe you knew a little bit of another language. Um but yeah, I think while when learning German was when we um bestweda was like a – yeah, I guess like the excitement of learning a new language and then having a song come out of it.
1: (laughs) People who didn't know that you spoke German were like, did she she say Mr. Dog? Hello, Mr. Dog. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) I remember. yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Um, And I guess like Old Fortune actually was – like came out of trying to practice – conjugating that verb so it was like used I was like made that little kind of tune up to be like to try and remember how to um how to like speak the language so
2: that's really cool how organic (laughs) the process is and I think that yeah learning another language it makes sense that it really broadens and deepens the way that you can explore the relationships between words so speaking of change in artistic perspective there's a pretty relevant line from the next track that you've chosen from Gang of Four. The change will do you good. I always knew it would.
0: Yeah, so um, the next song is Gang of Four and it's Damaged Goods. And um, the reason we put this song in is because we, um, I mean, we all loved Gang of Four. And I think it was like such a compliment when sometimes people would say that our sound was similar to Gang of Four. Um And we actually got asked to play a show with them in, I think, 2019. And we originally said yes, um, but it kind of got all all got like a little bit weird and we had to provide our own sound person and it was just like a bit complicated. So we ended up having to, we pulled out of the show and um, Daryl actually (laughs) originally didn't want to, just wanted to like not show up, like typical Daryl, but... Greg and I were like no no we need to write an email and let them know and um, yeah
1: it was like Daryl's consolation prize getting to lodge a formal complaint (laughs) saying we will not be playing this show thank you (laughs) so um, yeah that's a memory for us and on top of the fact that we love Gang of Four and particularly this song
2: love a good spicy email (laughs) (laughs) You've tuned in to FBI 94.5 and this is Damaged Goods by Gang of Four. There was damaged goods by Gang of Four. You've tuned into FBI Radio 94.5 with me, Deb Marcus, here on Out of the Box. Today I am joined by the lovely Steph and Greg from Display Homes. So, just in light of your last album, What If They're Right and You're Wrong, how has the meaning of the songs and the album itself adjusted for you over time? Um I guess it's interesting because we recorded the album
0: so long ago and some of the songs on there are also really, like, we wrote a really long time ago because it was the first and and only album. But yeah, um, so because we were sitting on it for so long, it was this thing that was mm. kind of just there. Um,
1: we played, the, like, most of the songs quite a lot live by the time that the album had by the time we'd recorded the album, let alone by the time the album eventually came out.
0: Yeah, because we sent it off to, um we released it through ETT in Germany and there was a like long delays for everyone at Pressing Plants. And so it just took such a long time. Daryl actually always joked that it would never come. Um, <laughs> so um,
2: just in terms of time frame, the album itself you finished in November, November 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then it was released in May this year. So, yeah, there was that delay.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, it was just, just
0: um, I guess a lot of bands have probably been, like have experienced it in the past couple of years, just delays when, I think particularly when pressing records overseas. Mm. um,
2: I guess in terms of the way that um, Daryl's passing has affected the way that you've related to the tracks and the way that, Obviously, they're imbued with different memories now and different emotions. Would you be able to speak to your experience of that? Uh yeah. I think the
0: album's definitely like pretty difficult to listen to now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's difficult listening. D- difficult enough listening to your own music as it is, but um, it's uh, it's particularly hard sometimes. Like, especially on a lot of those songs. Um, like nitty-picky and um afruchin um especially off like afruchin's a very difficult song for me to listen to because daryl and i wrote that song together in um in his bedroom in like 2016 Stanmore or something. house right yeah it was actually the <laughs> one so, like the one time that we've like we were like yeah like let's let's i wasn't get there a, yeah, yeah steph wasn't there but we were like daryl and i were like let's you know like show Steph we've done some homework at the next <laughs> band practice and so we like um got in the room and um just started doodling away and um the riff to uh and came about so um
0: I actually remember after that you you guys were always like we should do that again like because you know Offerichon was like such yeah, a great song and we all liked <laughs> it and like yeah that was good wasn't it we should do that again it's just like never happened <laughs>
1: never happened again um yeah so those and you know, like just his sort of unique guitar style. Um, it's
0: those like real. That isn't nitty picky. That really that end riff. I don't know. There's really particular mm. like kind of Daryl riffs. Yeah, where you just
1: like just imagine like, him. You know, yeah. sort of playing it. You know, without a top string, strumming his fingers because <laughs> he couldn't hold a pick properly. Um,
2: I think that's something that's so beautiful and powerful about music is just the way that it can forge these different relationships to emotion. And, you know, initially there might've been a particular thing that you were feeling when you created the song. And then now looking back at it, it has the power again to change that same emotion multiple times. And just the way that, you know, whether we're spiritual or not, it's undeniable that little parts of Daryl's soul are connected to the album. And obviously that's something that's going to be, so powerful yet so painful at the same time. But I think that's what creates really beautiful art. Something that really manifests and expresses different parts of people's souls. Yeah, definitely. I agree. For sure. So the next track that we're going to be listening to, Greg, is something by Low Life.
1: Yeah, the next track is uh by Low Life. It's called Dogging. Um Lowlife are uh, yeah, a really massive band for Daryl and I. Um, Steph likes them too. Um, but Daryl and I would always listen to them together when we um, lived in the same share house. Um, there's a really iconic photo of Daryl um, on a Sydney train like hanging from the hand railing with his like Lowlife 23 shirt on. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic photo and Friends of ours from the band, Christian and Mitch, um, they, like, loved Daryl as well. They adored him for, like, all of the same reasons that, you know, Steph and I love him, like, for his, like, sort of Cosmo Kramer energy. Um, (laughs) You know, and um, just found him, like, everything that he did, like, yeah, hilarious. Like, I would always send them videos um, of Daryl dancing at the pub in his, like, bizarre, whacked-out way, and they were just, like, just in hysterics the whole time. Um, And they, yeah, they just, like... um, they loved him and they you know really understood his like absurdity and um, bizarreness and so um yeah I, I, and it, it sort of as well i remember daryl once saying you know something along the lines of like i reckon dogging is one of the best albums of this generation um which is true um so yeah came to play the title track from that record
2: There was Dogging by Lowlife. You've tuned in to FBI Radio 94.5 with me Deb Marcus here on Out of the Box. Today I am joined by none other than the lovely Steph King and Greg Klenner from local Eora Sydney band Display Homes. And today we have been discussing all things music in terms of their past, present and future with the band and everything that has gone far and in between. So is it correct that the band's actually no longer playing?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, when Daryl died, Display Homes uh, died too. I mean, it didn't die, but it it, it disbanded. Um, we could never really picture a Display Homes without Daryl. Uh, the the band was way more an extension of our friendship and how close we were, rather than. You know the band itself it was really just like an excuse for us to hang out and do something constructive together um and the thought of playing in display homes without daryl is kind of impossible um we wrote all of the songs together steph obviously wrote the lyrics separately but like all of the music for all the songs was written together all everything was done in such a shared collaborative way that it couldn't go on without Daryl. Yeah, it just,
0: it's like not even an option, I feel. It's just, um, I mean, also just thinking about our live shows and how much, how, like, important and, like, incredible Daryl was to the live show. And, I mean, Greg and I totally. just didn't really ever talk on stage because we're both pretty shy, I guess, in that in that context. But Daryl kind of, like, was, uh, that was his...
1: Yeah, he, re- he uh, relished the... The spotlight and loved just talking, and um, yeah, he would often try and like always do these like awful backup vocals for Steph's songs. It was really <laughs> awkward t- trying to tell him, like, maybe don't sing on that one, it <laughs> just doesn't sound that like good. definitely
0: bring in those like pop punk vibes. And yeah. we're like, Daryl, we no, please, yeah. <laughs> like the pop punk backup, sort of, yeah,
1: but yeah, he just loved the spotlight, and, and because of that. Um, he was an entertainer. Ste- Steph- yeah. yeah, Steph and I, yeah, we kind of needed Daryl in that um, way so I feel to like bring, that, it, bring a bit more liveliness yeah. to it.
0: That's like what? I don't know. In my mind, that's like display homes. Is, yep. you know?
1: totally.
2: What's something about Daryl that you hold with you now that helps you keep going?
0: Um, I think, um, yeah, it's definitely like he, his presence and his like, you know, his being and and voice and everything is still so like clear and he was definitely somebody that would just in situations where you're not you know you're not feeling that great and feeling sad um can feel him kind of saying get up (laughs) go for a walk yeah go and buy yourself a yummy juice and yeah sit down in the park and like Yeah, yeah. it's crap. I'm gone. But like, you know, it's all right. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, yeah, trying to keep that like present and try and like laugh a little bit about it is always helpful. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that thing of like, uh, he never got hung up on like the little things. Yeah. He just made decisions and lived with the consequences, was never really thinking too far ahead in terms of like oh, if I do this, maybe it will have that. He just kind of like did it and wore it as it came.
2: Yeah, that's really powerful. And being able to carry that from someone that you love, you know, in a, a bit of a guardian angel, whether whatever we believe in, you know, something that follows you around in very very positive haunting yeah, that, definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah can always sure. hear him telling the same yeah. stuff. <laughs> get yeah. that yummy juice I, I yeah. really <laughs> should get that yummy juice yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so the next track that we're gonna play is something by Bobby Conn it's never get ahead what's the significance of this one
1: yeah so the next song is Bobby Conn never get ahead and um this one is like solely going in for Daryl I mean Steph and I love this song but um if he were here today, he would have certainly put this one in, in the in the five. Um, and I think, like, in terms of, like, like, seeing someone explode into life as much as Daryl did when this song came on, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Um, the chorus to the song goes, you'll never get ahead saying yes to the man. Um, and that's kind of like a mantra for which Daryl lived his life. Um, he never said yes to the man. Uh, He never said yes to us when we asked him to try and play a riff in a particular way. Um, You know, he constantly went against the grain. um, And he truly was his own person. And that really comes through a lot in his guitar playing, particularly on the record. Wild, wacky, unhinged, enigmatic. Um, Yeah.
2: That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Out of the Box with me, Deb Marcus, here on FBI Radio 94.5, joined today by the lovely Steph King and Greg Klenner from Display Homes. You can catch Out of the Box next week, same time, same place, Thursday 12 to 1.
1: This is Never Get Ahead by Bobby Conn.